Welcome to A Fork in Time, the alternate history podcast. Welcome back to A Fork in Time, the Alternate History Podcast. Don, once again, sitting in the host chair today. Uh, sort of picking up with today's episode where we left off with last week's episode. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, uh, you probably can jump in here. The water's fine, but it may be helpful for you to go back and pick that episode up. Uh, in last week's episode, we talked about an alternative timeline, A Fork in Time, where we had a different outcome in the uh, 732 Battle of Tours. And so the different outcome there would have been that it would not have marked the point in time when the northern expansion uh, of Islamic influence, Islamic in forces into Europe, would have come to a halt there in uh, modern-day France, in the area known as Gaul at the time, as they were turned back by the Franks. But a scenario that uh, Charles Martel and the Frankish forces, the Christian forces, would have been defeated, and there would have either been a continued expansion of Islamic influence into Europe or a different type of expansion if it didn't extend further north. So today we are going to pick back up sort of where we left off last week. I had suggested that in the episode that we would talk about some of the longer term impacts. We spent a little bit more uh, time last week looking at the short term impacts of that fork in time. So now I'd like to look at the two scenarios of how things would have played out in a much longer sense and looking at two things. How Islam would have been different and how Christianity would have been different uh, with this particular fork in time. So we're going to take a quick break here uh, for a word from a word for a word. There you go, uh, from one of the folks that helps make the uh, the podcast possible. We'll be back after that to pick back up with an extended detour. Talk to you soon. Would groceries delivered to you in as fast as one hour save you a trip to the store? Instacart makes that possible thanks to personal shoppers in your area who hand-select items based on your preferences from the stores you love. And shopping multiple stores is possible on a single order. Instacart picks the freshest produce and even keeps your eggs safe, all while finding everything you usually buy, providing smart suggestions for new items, and even highlighting deals to help you save money. And now you get free delivery on your first order over $35. Let Instacart know we sent you and help support our show by following the link in the show notes. Instacart. Groceries delivered in as fast as one hour. Welcome back to today's episode of A Fork in Time. As we discussed there in the intro, what we're looking to do today is to just really extend sort of part two of the episode last week where we looked at the fork in time that was the result of a different outcome at the 732 Battle of Tours. So just a quick reminder there that uh, the Battle of Tours is notable in history because it marked uh, the turning back of the expansion of Islamic Caliphate forces that had moved up into Gaul, into modern-day France, and were advancing further north. And there we have uh, Charles the Hammer, uh, Charles Martel, who, uh, who leads Frankish forces in turning them back just outside the gates of the city of Tours. And that uh, produces a situation where eventually uh, the Islamic influence and Islamic forces are forced back 
uh, to being contained uh, actually for the next six to seven hundred years, but are forced back to being contained to the Iberian Peninsula, modern-day uh, Spain and Portugal. So we talked last week about some of the short-term implications of that fork, and what I really want to do is come back and revisit what some of the potential long-term changes might be as a result of that. And so first of all, I'd like to focus on how Christianity might have evolved in a different way as a result of that. As we talked about, if we, if we assume the condition is that there is able to be the expansion of the Islamic Caliphate into not only uh, southern and central Europe, but then linking across potentially and creating a, an entire area of Islamic influence that would have encompassed the entire circling around the Mediterranean Sea. So if you might think of the uh, what you traditionally think of on the map as being the map of the Roman Empire, at some of its fullest extent, imagine that that footprint is now an Islamic footprint. And so under that scenario, what we would have had is certainly not the end of Christianity. Uh, there was the there were Christians uh, further north in the areas uh, that eventually will become, we think it was being Scandinavia, that eventually become Norway and Sweden, uh, Denmark. There also is a Christian influence that remains uh, by the middle of the 8th century, definitely in the British Isles. And so this would not have meant the end of Christianity, but it would have meant a change to the form of Christianity that we think about most moving through the Middle Ages and even into the period of the Reformation and the Renaissance, and that's the Western or Latin form of Christianity. If you will, what we would have seen is a very different evolution of the Catholic Church. Again, we would no longer have the same type of influence being exhibited by a pope in Rome. Uh, we would not have the same type of a creation of a tight relationship that existed between church and state, uh, which grew out, for example, during the, the further after this, during the period of Charlemagne, and then certainly thereafter, where you had a very close connection between the political forces that were in control in most of Europe and the Christian church, represented as the Catholic Church, the Western arm of Christianity. And so what we would have remaining uh, in Christianity is certainly you would have Christians, uh, but the, the flavor of that Christianity would not be as closely tied, at least in Europe, to political and other social norms. Uh, so in some ways it would have been very much like a form of Christianity that was much more um, like what existed back during the Roman Empire prior to Constantine and Christianity becoming the official religion of the Roman Empire. Uh, so you would have not had the favored status of Christianity inside of the political institutions and inside of social institutions in Europe. Um, to what extent Christianity would have allowed to be practiced, I think we can look to what actually happened in the areas that were under Islamic control, where Christians were permitted, and to a great degree were permitted to, to practice and freely worship within certain provisions, provided that taxes were paid and provided that they did not disrupt um, those who were adherents to Islam. And so what you would have had would have been more of a less centralized, less formalized form of Christianity in Europe. And certainly the form of Christianity that would have existed would have been more of the flavor that existed at that time in the middle of the 8th century in the British Isles and further north in Europe in the areas uh, that were not uh, eventually going to become directly under the control of uh, the Empire of Charlemagne or some of the future uh, control elements that would exist there inside of the Catholic Church. And so I would argue that you would have a less structured form of Christianity. 
I think you would have a form of Christianity that was not as directly tied to a central authority because there would be no central authority. There would be no pope in Rome uh, to be the central authority on matters religious. And so you would have had a more decentralized form of Christianity. Uh, we saw from past history, and we've seen from future history, that when you have that level of decentralization, you have different flavors that develop that are still within inside, uh, that are still inside the boundaries of Christian thought and Christian religion. And so you would have had a more likely scenario with more um, differences in terms of some theological points because of uh, the, the types of theology that was favored already in different areas. For example, if you go back in history, the difference between Nicene, traditional Orthodox Christianity, as expressed in the Nicene Creed, uh, for example, with respect to the Trinity as the theological concept versus what existed inside of what what is more commonly known as Arian Christianity, uh, which had taken a different, uh, slight deviation, still within the realm of Christianity, but looked at the relationship among God and Christ in a different way. That existed in the real timeline, and that exists in the real timeline on past 732. So it's certainly easy to imagine that it would have existed in a, in a decentralized form of Christianity, which is what we would have had had there been a different outcome at, at the Battle of Tours. So there you don't have a pope. You don't have that tight relationship between church and state in such a way that Christianity develops to be the state religion throughout most of Europe. So how does that impact society? Well, society was impacted by the fact that there was a tight relationship between church and state. And even eventually, when there are the voyages of discovery, the age of exploration, the religion that's being exported along with the with the the state activity, for example, for Columbus's voyages, the religion that's being ex extended, the, re the religion that's being exported is the Catholic form of Christianity. If you did not have that where the states themselves were the ones who were purporting Christianity, even if you had had the expansion, I'll talk about this a little bit more as we talk about maybe the Islamic changes moving forward with this particular bend in history, you would have definitely had less of the... Um, Christianizing of the New World as a result coming directly from state action. It would not have been part of the stated goal or stated purpose of the voyages of discovery to uh, carry forth missionary efforts on behalf of the church. Now those comments are only specifically directed to the western part of the church or the Catholic part of the church. You would have still also had the eastern church, the Orthodox church, or the Byzantine church, the different ways that we know it today. So under the scenario that I've outlined here, I had suggested that one of the possibilities is that you might have had either a, well actually two possibilities, that you might have had Constantinople and the, and the Byzantine Empire continue to endure, or that you might have also had the fall of the Byzantine Empire because of the lack of support um, from uh, the areas in, in Western Europe, from, from Latin Christianity. So looking at the first option where uh, it actually does endure, uh, then this now becomes the primary centralized form of Christianity that would have carried forward. And so one of the things that you can certainly argue there is that while you would not have had a pope in Rome, the Catholic situation, you would have had a patriarch in Constantinople and the way that things were, orth were organized inside of the Orthodox Church, in fact, the way that they're still organized today. 
Uh, it is the nature of the Orthodox Church that the, even though there are the patriarchs in the various parts of the church, there is not one centralized authority that is exactly similar to that that's represented by the Pope in Catholic tradition. And so while you still would have had a more cohesive Orthodox Church, uh, certainly the argument is there because that did exist in the real timeline and would have existed even further, uh, in, in this alternate timeline where Constantinople, the Byzantine Empire, does not fall, even though parts of Western Europe are more influenced uh, by Islamic culture and Islamic religion, is that you would have had that particular form of Christianity be very much like it is today, which is, while it, it was and did become intertwined without a doubt, for example, with the, with the Eastern Emperor, it was not the same type of influence in terms of overall being that direct connection as time moved forward between church and state. And while there certainly were doctrinal and theological differences that arose in the real historical Eastern Church, and so you can only presume that you would have also seen similar things that arose in the forked in time Eastern Church, uh, the level or how that would have presented itself is one of the interesting thoughts to me. For example, would there have been the Eastern Church version of a Reformation? So thinking back to what caused, or one of the major causes of the Reformation in the Western Church, uh, Martin Luther's decision to attack the theses and the other things that were going on with Reformation leaders, is that many of the things that wanted to, he wanted to reform or that he had an issue with were not necessarily purely theological in the sense of broad theological things. The same types of things that the church had gone through in the 2nd, 3rd, 4th century as they were dealing with what were viewed as being heresies and coming to the idea of what orthodox doctrine and theology would be. Instead, many of those things related around what were viewed as being excesses of power or abuses by the church leadership. So there were questions about the authority of the, of the pope and various things that actually related back to the church's organizational structure, not only to its theology. And so it's interesting to think through, while that is what happened in the Western church in the real timeline, would a similar type of Reformation event ever have occurred in the Eastern church? Or if it did occur, it certainly would have taken on a different flavor because of the difference in the way that the church polity, the way that the church organization was constructed. And so when you think that through, I think the two flavors that I see of how Christianity would have been different as a result of changing the Battle of Tours is that you would have seen, certainly in the West, a more decentralized, probably more of a local area of influence, almost uh, an earlier advent of the congregational style of the church, uh, hearkening back to its early days uh, during its growth in the first, second, and third centuries. And at the same time, in the Eastern Church, while you would have seen a more organized, more formal, if you will, more hierarchical type of arrangement, it would not have been the exact same arrangement that existed in the Catholic Church and would not have been as formal in terms of the influence or control of a centralized figure. And so, in because of both influences, what survives in terms of Christianity is a much less centralized form of Christianity, both East and West, and how that would have played out. Now, certainly, if you don't have... Uh, the Catholic Church and, and Christianity being the official church of many of the Western European nations as you move forward during the period of time as we move towards the Renaissance and the Age of Exploration, if you instead have Islamic-led states, a single Islamic state, a large caliphate that controls most of the, of the known 
world around the Mediterranean into Europe, into North, into North Africa, and certainly over into, uh, into Asia Minor and into the modern Middle East, then you have the situation where you have a more unified political system that definitely has a bend towards its religious system. And so looking at the Islamic Caliphate as it existed in real time, certainly it was a political entity, an, an empire that was composed of diverse people groups, but it definitely had a unified religion. It was Islamic. And so if you imagine that there's a single singular Islamic state uh, that prevails now into southern and western and central Europe, and is it basically surrounds the entire Mediterranean and maybe expands beyond there, one of the things I think you would definitely see is you would definitely see a more unified central state, much more like the Ro much more like Rome was an empire versus what it became in its later days after the divisions um, that were actually instituted before Constantine by Diocletian, and then it came to be the case even after Constantine as the empire was split back and then was continuing to split as a result of uh, losing its influence and the influence from, from the outside uh, uh, German and barbaric tribes that came in to take areas of influence, is you would have seen a more centralized imperial caliphate. So you would have had an Islamic empire and not a collection of city-states or small countries or other types of things. So the immediate thing that I think of as being a change there is that you certainly would have had more of a basis for the spread of Islam just from that empire, from that centralized core, continuing to spread out very much like we saw in the 7th and 8th centuries as, as it ballooned and exploded in a rapid fashion across uh, the world, only meeting resistance as it came into Europe and meeting resistance as it went further east. But you also would have had a situation where you would have had a, a unified political system. And given the, how there really wasn't in much of the areas that were controlled by Islam during early, early first couple of centuries there, uh, there wasn't a turn away as much from science and from some of the things that were lost, what we think of as being the Dark Ages, I think it's not outside the realm of possibility to imagine that you would not have seen some of the regression in the areas of science and learning uh, that came to be, that had to be reintroduced as a result of the Renaissance, the Renaissance coming in many ways as a result of the Reformation. And so what you would have had is the potential for the unified Islamic State, now let's say around maybe the years 900, 1000, so a couple of hundred years after our, our diversion here, our fork in time in 732, uh, that begins to look towards uh, voyages of discovery, the types of things that eventually were taking place uh, under the Portuguese, moving down the, uh, the coast of Africa, the western coast of Africa. And you certainly may have seen the type of scenario where you would have seen uh, the types of sailing that we think of during the voyages of exploration and discovery not happening until the 15th century, late in the 15th century, happening maybe three, four, five hundred years earlier. And so you could have had the scenario where you have Islamic caliphate explorers and sailors and traders that have not only gone down the uh, an extended uh, exploration and extended trade down the western coast of Africa in much the same way that the Portuguese eventually did, but you also could have had those same sailors, those same explorers who actually crossed the Atlantic and would have discovered the New World. And so now what you have is the scenario where you have the Islamic old world is meeting the new world as we know it today, but would have been meeting it much earlier. 
And this is where things get really interesting. Uh, if you've done any study in terms of what was going on in the New World and and sort of the statue or the situation regarding the Mayan Empire, the Aztecs, the other civilizations, the uh, the the civilizations that existed in North and South America were at very different states several hundred years earlier than they were at the time that the European uh, explorers and then, and then ultimately the European conquistadors and the other uh, other forces that came from Europe arrived. So now imagine uh, sometime around the year 1000, imagine the Mayan culture that's existing there that still exists at that time, the Inca culture that exists in South America coming into contact with uh, the Islamic Caliphate and its explorers that are coming across. Would there have been the desire by the, the Islamic Caliphate to convert uh, those that were in the New World to Islam? Without a doubt. That was the very nature of how um, that spread had happened in, in Asia and in Africa and into Europe. So you definitely would have seen, uh, quote-unquote, missionary activities either voluntary or at, at the point of a sword that would have been happening in the New World. But it's also interesting to know that there may have been not quite the same interaction that would have taken place. So the possibility could have existed uh, that there would not have been as much of the eradication of some of the native peoples in the New World, but you might have seen more of a fusion or some other type of interaction that would have taken place between Islamic explorers, Islamic settlers, and... and um, and, and forces that were coming across uh, the Atlantic to the New World that would have been different from what happened in the real timeline as we saw European powers come across. Of course, the other thing that happened in the New World in the real timeline was there was competition among the European powers in the New World for influence and control. If you have, if you have a more singular uh, empire, Islamic state, that is sending force, you would not have had that same level of political interaction in the New World because it all would have been under one banner and for one reason. It would have been under the banner of Islam and under the banner of the Caliphate. And so it's interesting to sort of ponder without going down into too much detail. Perhaps we'll come back and explore this again on a future episode. Exactly what would it have looked like if there had been the direct encounter uh, between uh, Islamic explorers and the Mayans in the Yucatan, say around the year 1000. How would that have looked different uh, than the encounters that we had with uh, with Spanish explorers uh, 450 years later as they encounter the Aztecs, for example, in Mexico? Would, the, would it have worked out exactly the same? I think it's likely that there would have certainly been conflict and there would have been uh, the types of things that could have led to cultural misunderstandings and certainly to... Uh, to the conversion, again, either voluntarily or forced, of the uh, of the people groups in North America to Islam. But I think you also could have had a very different interaction in terms of how you might have had the survival of some Mayan or Aztec culture. And we know from just the experience that took place in the real timeline that there were elements of cultures that came under the uh, influence and the control of the Islamic Caliphate that didn't suffer the same loss in quite the same way, for example, that the Aztecs did under Spanish control. And so for me, it's an interesting thought to look at the two possibilities, sort of the further extensions that come out of changing the Battle of Tours and what that would have meant for more Islamic influence into Europe. The one thing is looking at how Christianity and its spread 
and its practice may have been altered. But then the other thing is to look through to think about what it would have meant in terms of political history globally moving forward and the age of exploration if that had been under a flag that didn't bear a cross, if that had been under a flag that, that bore a crescent, and, and thinking that through. So just want to spend a little bit of time on today's episode sort of finishing up and cleaning up some of the ideas that we introduced last week. Uh, this is going to be a rather short uh, episode since it's really just com completing and thinking through those thoughts a little bit more. So hope you've enjoyed thinking a little bit more about that. And I would certainly welcome you to visit the, the website, www.aforkintimepodcast.com, and give me some feedback. Uh, I'd like to sort of continue this as sort of an ongoing discussion about how this would have influenced or changed, but I'd really like to hear what some of your thoughts might be. There's uh, plenty of places there to leave feedback there at the website for us to see what you think about how things might have played out different, not only in the short term, but in the long term. As always, we appreciate you uh, supporting the podcast and being part of what we do here. We do continue to believe we're building a community online for folks who share an interest like we do in alternate history. And again, you can find more of that community there at the website. If you'd like to support us in other ways, certainly get the word out via social media, word of mouth, the types of things that let others know that the podcast exists. We would certainly appreciate that as we continue to try to grow our community and grow our exposure. If you are inclined to do so and have the means to do so, you can certainly support us financially. You'll find there at, at the website the link uh, to our Patreon page where you can provide see the options that exist there to provide financial support to the podcast. So this is Don signing off for this episode of A Fork in Time. Just reminding you what we always like to remind you, that if you happen across A Fork in Time, our suggestion is to take it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to A Fork in Time, the alternate history podcast. Learn more about the podcast at www.aforkintimepodcast.com. Join us next time.